Welcome to day 158 of Shaped by the Word. We're in our third season, the story of the prophets. Uh, we come to a very intimate portrait of the prophet uh, Jeremiah today. Uh, he's been pronouncing you know, judgment on the nation of Israel, and he's not being well received. And finally, there is a plot against his life. So he's been pleading with God to withhold judgment. Uh, but once there's a plot against his life, he kind of goes to God and says, hurry up and, and, and execute your judgment against, uh, against these guys. I'm Paul. I'm here with Matt. Uh, we've been abandoned by all of our friends, so it's just the two of us, you know, coming up for the last of this week. But we will do the best that we can uh, as we continue this. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We thank you uh, for the humanity we see in your word. Uh, we thank you uh, for your heart, which is so obvious in your word. We thank you for the things that you have called us to and the things that you have warned us against. Uh, we thank you, Father, that uh, you have given us your word to complete your work in us through Christ Jesus, that the image of Christ may be formed in us. And as we come to Jeremiah today, we pray that you would uh, continue uh, the day-by-day, piece-by-piece work that you're doing in us that, you know, Paul says, being transformed into your image from one glory to another. It's in your only name we pray. Amen. So we pick up in... Uh, Verse 18 of chapter 11, and we'll read through chapter 12. And because the Lord revealed their plot to me, I knew, for at that time he showed me what they were doing. I'd been like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. I did not realize that they had plotted against me. Let us destroy the tree and its fruit. Let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name be remembered no more. But you, Lord Almighty, who judge righteously and test the heart and the mind, let me see your vengeance on them, for I tell you, I have committed my cause, for to you I have committed my cause. Therefore, this is what the Lord says about the people of Anathoth who are threatening to kill you, saying, Do not prophesy in the name of the Lord, or you will die by your hands, by our hands. Therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish them. Their young men will die by the sword, their sons and daughters by famine. Not even a remnant will be left to them, because I'll bring disaster on the people of Anathoth in the year of their punishment. You are always righteous, Lord, when I bring a case before you, yet I would speak with you about your justice. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the faithless live to ease? You have planted them, and they have, not take, and they have taken root. They grow and they bear fruit. You are always on their lips, but far from their hearts. Yet you know me, Lord. You see me and test my thoughts about you. Drag them off like sheep to be butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. How long will the land lie parts and the grass in every field be withered? Because those who live in it are wicked. The animals and the birds have perished. Moreover, the people are saying, He will not see what happens to us. If you have raced with the men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? If you stumble in safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? Your relatives, members of your own family, even uh, they have betrayed you. They have raised a loud cry against you. Do not trust them, though they speak well of you. I will forsake my house, abandon my inheritance. I will give the one I love into the hands of their enemies. My inheritance has become to me like a lion in the forest. She roars at me, therefore I hate her. Has not my inheritance become to me like a speckled bird of prey that other birds of prey surround and attack? Go and gather all the wild beasts, bring them to devour. Many shepherds will ruin my vineyard and trample down my fields. They will turn my pleasant field into a desolate wasteland, be made a wasteland of parts and desolate before me. The whole land will be laid waste because there is no one who cares. 
over all the barren heights in the desert, destroyers will swarm. For the sword of the Lord will devour from one end of the land to the other. No one will be safe. They will sow wheat but reap thorns. They will wear themselves out but gain nothing. They will bear the shame of their harvest because of the Lord's fierce anger. This is what the Lord says. As for all my wicked neighbors who seize the inheritance, I gave my people Israel. I'll uproot them from the land. I'll not uproot the people of Judah among them. But after I uproot them, I will again have compassion on them and will bring each of them back to their own inheritance in their own country. And if they learn well the ways of my people and swear by my name, saying, As surely as the Lord lives, even as they once taught my people to swear by Baal, then they will be established among the people. But if any nation does not listen, I'll completely uproot and destroy it, declares the Lord. You have one of the rare notes you know, at the end of that of, uh, of restoration in the middle of the judgment uh, that even though I uproot, I will, uh, you know, I, but after I uproot them, I'll have compassion on them and bring them back to their own inheritance in their own country. And if they learn well the ways of my people and swear by name, saying as surely as the Lord lives, even as they once taught my people to swear by Baal, then they will be established among my people. And, and of course, uh, you not only have, uh, you know, God's, call to repentance, which the nation ignores, God's uh, judgment, uh, which the nation will go through and experience, you have the God's restoration. So his judgment is not an end in itself, but it's with the purpose to restore his people, renew his people, and bring them back into a relationship with himself. And of course, that's the story of the entire scripture, that we've rejected him and he has pursued us uh, to restore us, renew us, and bring us into relationship with himself. Yeah, and you have to love you know, Jeremiah's complaint, if you will, or even just kind of question the Lord. It sounds like so many psalms that we see, and and we've talked about. This. I mean, Habakkuk asked the same thing. You know, God, why are you, you know, permitting all these evil nations to you know to come and conquer your people? Why are you using them as an instrument in your hand? And you know, Jeremiah's, you're always righteous, Lord. When I bring a case before you, yet I would speak to you about your justice. Uh-huh. You know, let me talk to you about this. And and just seeing this wrestling unfold, I mean, we see it in the Psalms, we see it in Jeremiah. You know, that that Jeremiah is really just honest enough to say what a lot of us think at times. No. And, and, and I kind of I, I like it uh, just the irony of it that he gets intense on this after it gets personal. Yeah, uh, the village of Anathoth is the village he's from, so people are coming from his own village, plotting, you know, to uh, you know speak kindly to him and to lure him into deception and to eventually, you know, take his life. And of course, you know, Jeremiah will be tormented, kidnapped, thrown into a well. Uh, the resistance of the people and the rulers against him are, is pretty intense, you know, all the way through. But it's at the point when finally his life is threatened. And he says, okay, now is the time for judgment. He <laughs> judge these people immediately. He's been pleading with the Lord to delay his justice. Now he said, let's go. Yeah, let's go let's fast. Do it. Uh, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, what is the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the faithfuls live at ease? He says, you've planted them. They've taken root. They grow and bear fruit. And then here's the indictment against them and us. You're always on their lips, but far from their heart. You know, and, and in, in that, I mean, you know, we would do well to to do what Jeremiah does here if, if we wrestle with God take those things to God and hear from him you know and go to his word and but but also to recognize that in us you know here's the condition that that God may always be on our lips but may also be far from our hearts yeah. and, and we've talked about this a lot but the prophets go after the uncircumcised heart of God's people that he's not just after lip service Jesus 
you know, when, when he's critiquing the religious leaders of, the, of his day, he tells, he says, you know, these people worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Yeah, and, and, and part of that, you know, even here, if we look at the, the complaint and, and even think about our own complaints at times, it's, you know, we're not willing to go and do the, heart, the hard, no. hard work that's required. You know, we'd rather just praise the, the superficial parts uh, that we like about yeah. God. And, and, and like the people of Judah and the people of Israel, we can be deceived by our outward activity. You know, we <clears throat> may spend a lot of time in the Word. We may you know, spend a lot of time in community. We may spend a lot of time, you know, doing mission. But the real test, you know, is, is that our hearts are being transformed and our affections are being, you know, renewed. And so that takes us, you know, back to chapter 9 when we're, you know, not to boast in our strength or our wisdom or our wealth, uh, but to boast that we do know the Lord. And the proof that we know the Lord is that we delight in the things that he delights, his kindness, his righteousness, and his justice. And uh, that has more to do with our uh, the way we treat those around us than it does in, in the, you know, the precision of our theology or the amount of our you know uh, religious activity there's a very intimate section where it says you're you're always on their lips or talking about you all the time but you're, you're not in their hearts and then in the very next you know line he says yet you know me lord you see me and test my thoughts about you mm-hmm. and, and you see almost you know the same prayer that you see off um, you know the lips of david you know Test me, O Lord, and, and know my you know anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and, and lead me in the way everlasting. So no sooner does he you know um, denounce the people around him for hearts that are far from God, he says, "Lord, look at my heart and, and reveal you know reveal to me anything I need to be aware of." And what a great prayer that is! Yeah, yeah. And when we do that and we're work, we begin to realize there are probably more offensive ways in us than we want to admit. And yet, in seeing those things, that is the path to way everlasting. No, there's there's no doubt that we <clears throat> we suffer from what you know Jesus, you know, warned the people of his generation, um, you know, of picking uh, specks out of other people's eyes when we have beams, you know, protruding, you know, from our own eyes. Because what we may be aware of in others, you know, we should have a far deeper awareness of the ways in ourselves that are displeasing. You know, to the Lord, and those should be, you know, those should be our chief concern, and, and often they're not. I love the way that you know God answers, you know, His complaint. Let's do this justice thing right now. You know, I, I love your righteousness, but let's have justice in the moment. And and God said, you know, it's bad now, but it's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. And He said, if you can't, you know, run, you know, with the footman, how are you going to compete against horses? And if you can't run on level land, how are you going to when you get in the thicket? You know. In, in other words, you, you need patient endurance. And, and, of course, we know, you know, from Peter, and we've mentioned this, you know, before this week, that God's patience, even on the wicked who are rooted in their ways, is in the hope that they repent and turn back to him because he doesn't want anyone to perish. So this comes from the heart of God as well. So we have to be patient with him while he is being patient with others. But more importantly than that, uh, while he's being patient with us, yeah, and it's a reminder that his ways are not our ways, and his wisdom is not our wisdom. You know, his wisdom often confounds us and dumbfounds us. You know, and right, and yet it's meant to lead us to deeper love and worship of him and trust in him. And as deeper well. trust, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And anytime we find ourselves <laughs> giving advice to God rather than listening to God, uh, we're probably in a very bad place. <laughs> you know, here's what you should do, Lord, and why haven't you? You know, in, in all of these things, and we go back into you know, two chapter eleven, where you have 
nine times the word Shema, uh, which means, you know, both to listen and, and to obey. Mm-hmm. Why don't you close us with a word of prayer, Matt? Yeah, let's pray. Father, the prayer of David and the prayer of Jeremiah is our prayer that you would uh, test us and know our anxious thoughts, see if there's any offensive way in us, and lead us into the way everlasting. Um, Father, we we need that on a, on a regular, on a daily basis. Um, so, Father, would you do just that? Um, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.